Hello, everyone. I'm Warren Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch Extra podcast. On this week's Ministry Watch Extra episode, the president of Colorado Christian University, Dr. Don Sweeting. Don Sweeting, the president of CCU, is a long-tenured veteran in Christian higher education. Before taking over the reins at Colorado Christian University in 2016, he was the president of Reformed Theological Seminaries Orlando campus. He also spent many years as a pastor in the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. He holds degrees from Moody Bible Institute, Oxford University, and Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. He's also served on the board of the National Association of Evangelicals. Higher education, especially Christian higher ed, is facing daunting challenges, and the health of Christian colleges and universities are vital to the health of both pastoral and lay leadership in the church. So that's why my interview with Don Sweeting is one of a series of interviews that I've done with Christian college presidents over the years and that I'm bringing to you as part of the Ministry Watch Extra podcast episode. Uh, We've started tracking Christian colleges as well in the Ministry Watch database. I had this conversation with Don Sweeting just outside of Washington, D.C., Don Sweeting, first of all, welcome to the program. I'm really honored to have you here. Um, you know, Colorado Christian University has a warm spot in my heart. I knew Bill Armstrong for years. I've been speaking at the Western Conservative Summit uh, for the last few years as well. Um, and of course, we all mourn uh, Bill's passing. Um, but in God's providence, it you know it happened, and now you are in charge at Colorado Christian University. Uh, what's your vision for the organization going forward? Well, first of all, it's a great privilege to be at CCU, and I've been on the board since 2004. So I think one of the mistakes that people make when they uh, come in as a new leader is, is uh, they people think they're going to dis- descend with a completely different vision, and sometimes that's really needed. But I've been a part of what Bill's been doing f- since uh, he came in 2006, and I'm completely on board with the strategic objectives that have been set. So it's to it's to keep a good thing going. Uh, and really engage in leading a university from strength to strength. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely makes uh, sense to me. And of course, I, um, because I've been up close and personal and witnessed firsthand some of those strengths, know what they are. But what would you say the unique um, strengths of a CCU are? Well, first of all, uh, it's uh, in Colorado, which is a great, beautiful state. It's one of the best places to live in the world. Um, and it's a distinctly Christian university. And I say distinctly because... Uh, If you look at the history of higher education in the United States, there is such a massive defection from Christian faithfulness, and that's not CCU. We we are serious about our faith. We're convictional Christians. We uh, are intent on being that way, even though the pressures get get very great. We're also uh, conservative. I mean, seriously conservative. So uh, the idea is kind of like this. So take the classical Christian liberal arts education of of a, of a Wheaton, let's say, and mix it with the sort of conservative um, public policy uh, focus and conservative principles of a Hillsdale. Put them together, and you have a very unique uh, university. Uh, so that's, that's CCU. They're, they're both, all those are great schools, by the way, but they're very, very different. So you can have a, a Christian school that's pretty progressive and leaning leftwards politically in other ways. Uh, you can have a, a school that's somewhat conservative, but it's not explicitly Christian. Um, so CCU finds that space 
right in the center. That's a position of strength because obviously, I mean, Christ in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So that's a strength for any school. Uh, and uh, there's some things, you know, permanent things that never change. And we are part of a great tradition. So we affirm that, you know, boldly. Well, it's uh, you're exactly right. There are permanent things that never change. Um, however, the environment, the circumstances in which we are called to communicate, to live out, um, those permanent things often, of course, do change. In fact, they always change. A lot of change in higher education in the last few years. A lot of changes in demographics, a lot of changes in technology, a lot of changes in funding. Um, government versus non-government, student loan, uh, government-backed versus uh, non-student-backed, and probably more changes in the future. We're talk- people are talking about a student loan bubble, for example, that could exceed the mortgage bubble, and and uh, e- that'll either happen or steps will be taken to keep it from happening, and that's going to create change for your market as well. How are you dealing with these? Yeah. Well, first of all, let me just say, before we start talking about the change, you know, part of my vision is the uh, vision summed up by those that Latin phrase, ad fontes, back to the fountain, uh, go backwards, go backwards to the origin, the the source of vitality for the entire vision of a Christian university and the vision of a university period, because the university came out of a, the medieval um, uh, monasteries and uh, cathedral schools in Europe. And I think we find our our, our strength, our weightiness by, by going back to those sources that gave us life. And we go forward by first returning to that. Now, we're in a very different environment than we were even 30 years ago. So uh, you'll find that uh, university, universities like CCU uh, uh, have to respond to the marketplace. So, you know, we have a, a vibrant online program. We've been doing that for a long time. We have a thriving adult uh, uh, program because there are two kinds of learners. There's young student learners who are in the traditional undergraduate program, and there are the adult learners who can't leave and come, and uh, CCU is doing really well on that count. And we're also looking at ways to make the value proposition for for parents and students better. So we're looking at creative ways t- to do that, to shorten the time that a student has to be there or to find ways to you know, get them ramped up earlier or to combine degrees. So a lot of creative thought going into that at CCU. Um, some of the pressures that are facing um, all colleges uh, and Christian organizations generally are actually coming from the federal government. Uh, mandates, uh, EEOC, Obamacare, um, uh, and, and at the state level as well. I know, for example, there was a – I did an interview with Jack Phillips who did – who was the cake baker um, there right in Lakewood, Colorado, which is probably not more than 10 or 15 minutes from – Yeah, exactly. Not from, from y'all's campus. Um, w- what are you doing? What are you being forced to do? But also, in some cases, uh, what are you um, having the opportunity to do to sort of um, shore up your um, your mission statement, your vision statement, your your um, uh, doctrinal statement to protect yourselves against uh, some of these uh, issues that are happening, these, these uh, mandates that are coming down? Yeah, well, we're not being forced to do anything right now. We, we are thinking through... Uh, the changing cultural climate and, and you know, hear about the Senate Bill 1146 in California that was a great threat to the California schools. Uh, so we're, we're doing lots of things. We're thinking through, you know, uh, just uh, how, uh, what our stance is on all kinds of issues and how, um, 
We're thinking through how we serve our community. We're trying to tell our story better. We're always trying to be a blessing to our community. We have 102 years of a record of, of doing that. Um, so we add such value to our surrounding community. And, and I think it's important to let people, people know that. At the same time, you know, you, got, you have these issues and you have to think, so given issues none of us were thinking about 10 years ago, you know, how do we respond? And we have to respond convictionally, uh, true to the scriptures, and we have to respond pastorally because uh, we have real people who are dealing with all kinds of issues and brokenness and, and confusions and everything. And, and then we have to just be wise to protect ourselves. There are um, a lot of schools that will probably go out of business in the next probably 15 to 20 years just because of shifting demographics. It's, you, you mentioned that y'all were dealing with some of those demographic challenges by um, – by not being dependent on a single demographic, distance learners and adult learners, in addition to the traditional learners. Um, uh, to what extent does, um, I guess you could say, you know, these demographic shifts uh, undermine your brand and enhance your brand? In other words, whenever I asked you what was unique about about your school, you said that it's in Colorado, and yet that's a uniqueness that is not going to be experienced necessarily by a distance learner. Right. Yeah. Um, but we do have a very unique brand. I mean, they can count on it being a, a serious Christian school, training people for all kinds of vocations with a flexibility for the traditional undergraduate and the and the uh, the adult learner. I think our brand is very, very distinct. Uh, I've been involved in a lot of schools, and I went to Moody. I went to Lawrence University, Secular Liberal Arts College. I went to Oxford, went to Regent, went to Trinity. Um, and, and, and there's a lot of generic Christian... There's a lot of uh, edu- schools that have left Christianity. I mean, we got tons of those, and some of the ones I went to, you know, were, were like that. And there are a lot of sort of generic uh, evangelical schools that are just not... You know, they, they don't, they're not that serious about their convictions, and so they're, they're drifting with the culture. So we're, we're trying to be faithful. Um, so I don't know. I think we've we got a very unique brand. Now, in terms of the demographic uh, trough that everybody's experiencing, it's, it's a challenge, but I think the schools that have the sharpest brand, uh, most distinct brand, are going to do okay. Uh, we've had six years in a row of record enrollment on both levels. So we haven't experienced that that trough. Uh, it's there, but it hasn't hit us. Projecting into the future, um, what do you want CCU to look like um, 5, 10, 15 years from now, whenever we're not at the beginning of your presidency, but at the end of your presidency? Well, I think the biggest issue in Christian education is faithfulness. And I say that that's not obvious. If you asked our average board member, they, they probably wouldn't start there. But if you know the history of higher education in the United States and all the fallout, you'd say, yeah, that's the big issue. So first of all, to be faithful to the vision that we've been holding on to and holding out uh, for so so many years. Uh, so at the end of my time, I'd like people to say, yeah, they're, they're where they were, but they're advancing. But connected to that... Um, you know, we we train our people for their vocations, but we want to train them to be evangelists. It's very unique for school, isn't it? Um, but what does the West need right now? It needs a third great mission to our own part of the world to you know bring it back to Christ. Uh, America needs that. So I'm I'm praying for awakening, a, a great awakening amongst our students. Student awakenings usually start with that younger generation. As you look at the great awakenings, I'm praying that God would do a move in our school, beginning with us, that would be a blessing to our community and to the to the world. 
uh, we are building a, rebuilding our campus. That's important, but that's way down my list. It, it's really to be excellent, to be faithful, to have an impact, to engage our culture, uh, to not just be doing our own thing, but to really engage our culture and even change the thought life of America um, based on the scriptures and and Christian condition, uh, convictions and convictions that shaped our country, you know, way back to the founding and before the founding. A lot of Christian colleges... Um accept government money in the form of Pell Grants and government-backed student loans. A few, and a very, really it's a very few, yeah. do not. Um, I, you know, and you, you guys are in that category that you don't directly accept the, the funds, but you know, your students do in the form of Pell Grants and, grants and um, guaranteed student loans. Um, are you having to think long-term about what might happen in the future if those dollars come with strings attached? And what does that thinking look like for you and your board right now? What are, are, what are you... Uh, do you have a plan B, I guess you could say? Well, everybody's thinking about a plan B and C and all that. So uh, if you have a massive endowment, you know, you have a layer of protection. We don't have a massive endowment, but most Christian schools don't have massive endowments because at least evangelical schools didn't even believe in those until the last 20 years or so. And, and I think the, the thinking is changing on that. So everybody's thinking about how to uh, supplement um, uh, have more money for scholarships so that students are not dependent upon the federal government. Um, but uh, I know the association we're involved in, the CCCU, is thinking about alternative loan plans uh, in case the government, you know, pulls the rug out from underneath us. I think we have a reprieve right now. It seemed like the federal government was very uh, intent on making our life harder, uh, the life of Christian colleges harder, uh, with the recent administration. And I, I think we're we're gonna we have a window of you know get your house in order, get stronger, and and then four years down the road, who knows? You're listening in on my conversation with Don Sweeting, the president of Colorado Christian University. It's part of a series of interviews I've done with college presidents over the past few years because of their strategic leadership role in the church and in the broader culture. I'm Warren Smith, and we'll have more with Don Sweeting after a short break. Hello, everyone. I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. Save the Storks partners with pregnancy centers all across the U.S. to own and operate a stork bus to offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests to women in unplanned pregnancies. Stork buses park near college campuses, abortion clinics, shopping centers, and serve rural communities that lack medical care. Save the Storks is pleased to be the sponsor of the Ministry Watch podcast. For more information about our life-saving organization and how we partner with pregnancy resource centers around the country, go to savethestorks.com. That's savethestorks.com. Welcome back. I'm Warren Smith, and today I'm talking with Don Sweeting, the president of Colorado Christian University. Let's get right back to that conversation. Don, not only is there a lot of diversity among Christian colleges and, you know, a wide variation of adherence to, a, you know, actually actual Christian distinctives, but beyond the world of Christian colleges, there's a tremendous amount of chaos in the culture. I mean, we're, we, we are getting, quote-unquote, educated all the time, whether we like it or not, by secular media, by um, the culture at large. Um, what, what, um, what are the particular challenges and, and uh, what are the particular opportunities um, for doing what you do in that kind of a chaotic environment? 
Well, the, the grand opportunity for a Christian university is that we are tapped into Jesus Christ, uh, who was the center of the, the animating vitality, strength, and presence from which Christian schools emerged, from which schools emerged, from which universities emerged. They emerged from a Christian vision that believed in truth, that believed that God was at the center of the world and every subject was related to him, that believed that the scriptures were truth and that Christ was Lord. Um, So a school that's plugged into that, I think, has tremendous spiritual resources, uh, not only to sustain itself, but to to bless students and all kinds of people, because it's Jesus, you know, it's centered on Jesus. Now, that's the opportunity. The challenge is, we live in a day in the Western world when the West is and and Western universities are running from that vision. They are they're running. They don't want to use the J word, uh, let alone God. Uh, and it's much worse than that. I mean, you think back um, to uh, let's go back to nineteen. I think it was fifty one uh, when Bill Buckley wrote the book God and Man at Yale. Have you ever read that book? Yeah. So it was, the, it was the first book sort of critiquing these trends, and he wrote it after graduating from Yale University, and his premise was, look, you parents who are supporting Yale University, I just graduated from there, and you think Yale's teaching all these wonderful traditional things and supporting you know, traditional values in a country and all that, but it's actually teaching the exact opposite, and if you knew what they were teaching, you may not want to give to Yale University. Well, that created, that was before I was born, but it created a stink. I've read the history on it. Okay, so you have that 1951, fast forward to 1987, and you have Alan Bloom writing The Closing of the American Mind, who is a professor at the University of Chicago, and his uh, thesis was that uh, most students uh, come out as relativists, not all, because the predominant worldview in the university is is philosophical and, and, and theological relativism. There is no truth. Everything's relative. And he was telling then, 1987, how that's destroying the schools and the universities of America. Fast forward to 2016, and you have, uh, I just read a book by Kim Holmes called uh, The Closing of the Liberal Mind, How Groupthink and Intolerance Are Destroying the Universities. And we've seen this on the news, you know, where you you, have, you care so much about students' feelings that you can't have debates and, and you can't use certain words. And there's a secular fundamentalism that's setting into our universities. And quite frankly, I think you get a better education in liberal arts at, at a place like uh, Wheaton or Hillsdale or CCU or Grove City than you do at some of the named schools because they don't believe in the liberal arts anymore. And there is no center holding it together. And there is no commitment to a core curriculum. So you come out, you know, the value, it's just, you come out with very different education than, than um, what you do at, I think, a solid traditional Christian liberal arts uh, college. But the difference is that one holds on to the center, the uni of the university, and the other becomes a multiversity, becomes atomized in its learning, and and it really affects discipline and and learning outcomes and and heart and character and everything. So I think that's the opportunity and the challenge of a Christian university. We have these resources, you know, go back to the sources. Uh, There's a fountain of life there, and I'm thankful for that. You've had a lot of um, higher ed experiences. Uh, One of your most recent and significant was at Reformed Theological Seminary, which was, um, A, Reformed, you know, a particular sort of... um, sub-tribe of the evangelical tribe, you might say. And secondly, um, it was a seminary and not a university. Um, So 
what's different? What's the same and what's different? <laughs> well, seminaries don't have sports teams. They don't have music programs. And, uh, you know, so, and they, they generally don't have think tanks. Um, I love being at RTS. It was a great privilege to go from pastoring a, a large uh, evangelical Presbyterian church to uh, leading a seminary to being a professor and a president. And RTS is a great school and they're doing a great job training pastors and leaders. Uh, so I can't say tell you how mu- how great a privilege it was to be a part of that team, a great team and, and a, a great place to go to seminary. Um, I've been on the board of CCU for a long time, so at, while I was at RTS. And there's something about a university that's wonderful because there's a breadth uh, that a seminary can't have. You know, we were training at seminary, pastors, counselors, some missionaries, but, but at a university, you get um, people who are preparing for the pastorate, uh, who are going to be missionaries, but then you get people who are going to be lawyers and engineers and artists and musicians and, um, you know, businessmen and businesswomen. And so that's pretty neat to me because, again, my Reformed vision of Christ is Lord of all, everything relates to Him, which means there are all kinds of callings that you can serve Him in. And that breadth that comes from Reformed theology, which, by the way, the evangelical world has, I think, picked up, um, that's... That's wonderful, and that's, that's, um, that's totally relevant to the university and to the kind of people that I'm dealing with. I hope some of them do become pastors, because I, I have a heart for pastors, and I'm still a pastor, but I love to see them prepare for every kind of calling with a commitment to Christ and His kingdom to have an impact for Him and make their lives count. Don Sweeting, thanks so much. Great to be with you. Thanks, Warren. That brings to a close my conversation with Don Sweeting, the president of Colorado Christian University. My conversation with Don Sweeting is the latest in a series of conversations I've had with Christian college presidents. To listen to some of those interviews or other past Ministry Watch podcast episodes, just go to ministrywatch.com and hit the podcast button at the top of the page. I'd also like to remind you that there's a quick, easy, and free way to support this podcast, and that's simply to rate us on your podcast app. The more ratings we have, the better the podcast performs with search engines. You can also leave a comment when you give us a rating. I can't respond via the app, but I want you to know that I read all the comments, and I find them encouraging and helpful. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosal and Steve Gandy. We get database and other technical support from Kathy Goddard, Stephen DeBerry, and Casey Suddeth. I'm Warren Smith coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina, and you've been listening to the Ministry Watch Podcast. Until next time, may God bless you.